That sticker right there says says there's a you know says you're a cop. Yeah, uh, officer, I'm I'm not a police officer. Cause I know you're not a fucking police officer. <laughs> he got so mad because who is the cop? No, I, I'm not the cop, officer. I know you're not the cop. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. Yep. Each week at the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a tale of a night that got away. This week, we're going to focus on DUIs, as bad as they are, admit them. And uh, some, some of these stories do become funny. We're going to have Abby Sanchez in the studio. He's going to tell a hilarious story that he told on the Blackout Diaries show about a... Uh, co- a well, you'll hear the story, but a cop aided drinking and driving story. It's not good, but we'll 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 set out the uh, parameters of that before. But later on, we'll talk about the reason why I'm being already backtracking because it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a weird subject to brush upon and not come across as a as a monster. We I want to put across that, of course. So uh, yeah, it, it, and I would like to address that to start the show. Everyone <laughs> believes that drinking and driving, you know, that these people are monsters, they're villains, and, and, and there's certainly an argument to be made there. But I feel... And, and, and time has, and history has proven them right on that. Time yeah. is definitely on their side. But yeah. as I host Sean Flannery, you don't believe in DUIs, really. <laughs> I, I believe that they exist, but I believe in the, the great, shall we say, play of drinking. Mm-hmm. There are three, three actors. Within okay. drinking and driving. So there's the, the driver it, itself, yeah, alcohol, uh-huh. and the car. And I think in the long run, we will view the car as the most evil. Yeah, for sure. It's just and evil that this is me. the fault of the car and bad urban planning. <laughs> you stand behind that. Matter of fact, that's one of the first words you, in your bo- new book <laughs> is something you stand behind. And go, listen, you warn us to be some DUI stories here that might not have aged well, but... <laughs> It's also, I'm not apologizing. Tell you what else hasn't aged well, this car-dependent society that's about to melt the polar ice caps, if I may. Luckily, that'll be a thing of the past, and maybe a decade, probably. And like you always say, there's a when we look back at the history of... Uh, drinking and driving is a very short-term problem. Right. We, we've been solution. drinking alcohol since we were cavemen. Mm-hmm. Thousands you know, of years, alcohol's been around. Thousands more years, alcohol's still be around. Going to still car. be around uh, yeah, until the final day of humanity. We will we will be drink when that asteroid comes down. We will be having salted margaritas at a mall. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be like that don't look good, you know. <laughs> but driving is only going to be here for a generation or two, right? You know? So when we yeah. look back in the whole timeline of humanity, mm-hmm. you go, what the fuck were they doing from <laughs> 1920 to 2040? What happened there? Where all those deaths happened? Oh, they thought they could move themselves around in personal. Ro- <laughs> I mean, God, you imagine, rocket machines. And I know we got to get into Abby's story here quickly, but could you imagine just explaining this in seven generations from now? The way yeah. That, like, like you, you used to drive yourself. Oh, yeah, into the setting sun. Couldn't see a thing. <laughs> just accelerated, you know? We, we yeah, hit each other so often, we it. had giant balloons that would explode from inside the car <laughs> to absorb the force of it. <laughs> I mean, half the fucking businesses in my neighborhood are for repairing 
totaled cars. Yeah, you know, that's auto all it body is. Repair shops. Body shops, and they're going to go the way of the dodo bird, though. As soon as driverless cars, I remember you always—that mm-hmm. uh, was one of your complaints about driverless society, the, the body shop people. But until then, CJ, we are living in yeah. the years. We're we're still at ground zero of drinking and driving. It's getting a little bit better, but like there's some crazy stories we're going to hear from Abby. You you are you are very qualified to host this show. I yeah, feel because yeah. you are somebody who on paper would have been the greatest drunk driver of all time, and then you lived in Chicago, Uh you only drove cop cars, and you had a cop haircut and a cop look. I always have an off-duty cop-on-vacation look. I had a Lincoln time at Dad's old Lincoln at one point. No power steering. Some of the technologies were very bad for DUIs, power steering being one of them. So I had one of those where you couldn't power steer. Hand over hand. It was like moving a boat, you know? You can't just guide over to the next lane. You had to really you had to put some elbow grease in. It's like you're bringing in a marlin or something. (laughs) So we got through that, and we got then. Uh, but like you said, hopefully now things. It's more. Of, it's definitely more of the past now with um, access to Lyft Uber and Uber, and yeah, cabs and things like that. But anyway, and we'll get into that later. But not all of them um, are tragic stories. Some of them have a humorous twist to it, and that's what we're trying to get to today. But without further ado, let's open up another chapter to Blackout Diaries and hear from Bobby Sanchez. Thank you. Keep it going for Jonah, everybody. Uh, I've been a full-time comedian for like the last seven years, but before that I actually had a job and I paid taxes, and uh, <laughs> which means that this time of year has always been my favorite time of year because I would file taxes and get a refund, so I get money and I'd always go out and celebrate. And uh, this was no different. We went out we to a bar, had a good time, We're out there drinking, a bar called Hops and Barley. I live up in uh, Jefferson Park in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so we were out with friends celebrating, having a good time. And at this time of my life, I was, uh, I was drinking, my drink of choice is Bacardi Limon on the rocks. Yeah. With a Bud Light chaser. <laughs> but I did not like the taste of Bacardi Limon as much as I thought I did. So it'd always be two to one on the Bud Light with the Bacardi, but it was still a good ratio going. So we were having a good ass fucking time, yeah. getting drunk, doing all the fun stuff. To the point where I was talking to like a straight up Irish guy from Ireland, like a very much like a high shashai with a shillelagh type that we like, where I understood him and we're just having a good old gay old time in a bar. To the point where like, I don't know if this affects anybody else this way, but like when you're drinking indoors and then you go outside and get fresh air, it's a whole nother level of drunk. <laughs> where like that air just smacks you in the fucking face like, hey dummy, you were doing this without the proper amount of oxygen. <laughs> So now enjoy this part of your life that you're not going to fucking remember. It's going to come back in spots. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I spent a lot of time in the bar. I want to say it was a good six hours um, celebrating the fact that I got a $1,500 check from the government. That was already my money to begin with, so I don't know why I was celebrating. It was just like, it's like somebody paid you back a loan with zero interest. It's like, oh, thank you for finally fucking doing that. So the whole time, I, I lived five minutes from this bar. So I'm just telling everybody, like, I only live five minutes away. I'm good. I can take a bus. I can walk. I can do whatever the fuck. But I was like, no, I'm going to drive because that's, that's the American thing to do. <laughs> and here's the thing about Chicago, if you're not a native Chicagoan. Chicago is a great city to drink and drive in. It sounds fucked up. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that it's on a grid and there's a lot of stoplights and stop signs to keep you honest kind of helps you out. So... <laughs> Just don't take any angle streets because then you'd be all fucked up. You don't know where you're going. So I leave the bar and I'm perfectly coherent. 
to some degree, right? Nothing's but phasing me. I tell all my friends goodbye, and they, for whatever reason, they're terrible friends, and they let me get in my car and drive home. <laughs> and I'm driving home, and I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking hungry. And there used to be a restaurant called Toots, which was a late-night hamburger, gyro-type spot. So I went in there, and I'm pretty sure I paid $30 for a hamburger and fries. Because I just threw the guy money. I was like, look, I'm fucking rich now. I got $1,500. <laughs> falling out of control and I it came in and out like I remember it was like a cheeseburger and these things called onion garlic fries which are basically just waffle fries seasoned with onion and garlic they're fucking fire and it was great so I get in there I get my food throw the guy a bunch of money I get back into my car and I'm driving home and uh so I drive home and it's only like a five minute drive and I get to my street and my street ends on a uh like a T intersection so what I would do is I pull up, let me see if this works. Okay. So, <laughs> down there where it says Google, it's a stop sign. So I, I tell you, Chicago keeps you honest when you're drinking and driving. Like, hey, you gotta stop. So I stopped because I recognized the stop sign. And then I kept driving. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> so I woke up in the front yard of where that X is. Because what I would normally do is I drive up, make a U-turn, and park in front of my house right there where that heart is. So granted, I, I, you know, I fucking just, I land in this lady's yard. Whatever happened, it was not a fun thing. I didn't know what happened to me, because I had just hit, like there were some decorative bricks in the front of this lady's yard. So I had crashed into that, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh man, I hit a bush. And I was like, oh, my car is fine. But the airbag popped out. And my initial thought was like, fuck, that's going to be $1,500 to fix. <laughs> so the girl's my tax refund. I'm like, fuck me. Like, how do I get this airbag back into the car? Like, I didn't know the extreme, like, what it takes for an airbag to pop out. They're not as sensitive as I thought they were. So that's what I would do. I would come up. I'd fucking make the U-turn and park in front of my house. This time, I did not make the U-turn. I landed in this lady's yard. And I'm sitting in the front yard, and I'm just, I, I come to, I don't know if you ever had an airbag pop off in your face, but it's not pleasant. It's like someone punched you in the fucking face. And I'm drunk, and I'm woozy, and I'm looking at the bush, and like, fuck, I fucked up, I hit a bush, I gotta get out of there, I gotta back this car up, so I'm throwing it in reverse, and I'm just hitting the gas, like, wah, wah, and the car's not going nowhere. I get out, and I take a look, I can't see anything, because everything's in fours. So I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then out of nowhere, this dude just pops up. It was like a fucking guardian angel that just comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, I got to call the cops. This shit looks bad. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's good. I put my arm around him. I'm just standing in the street, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, it's good, bro. I got this. I'm going to back it out. He's like, are you sure? He's like, you're not going to back it out. I'm like, I got this, dog. Don't even worry about it. I get back in the car, and I throw it in reverse, and I'm just gunning it. You just hear that. Rah! It, was a, it was a Honda Accord, solid car. So I'm just fucking banging this thing in reverse. I'm trying to get it, like, like, I was stuck in snow, not in somebody's yard. Like, I was just forward, back, forward, just trying to get the shit going. And nothing was moving. And the guy's like, hey, man, I got to call the cops. I was like, all right, fine, fuck it, you got to call the cops. Whatever, white dude. So I was like, all right. I'm like, fine, call the cops. So whatever reason, I don't know if, like, the tow truck drivers, they got the scanners. So they pick up this call, car crash, front yard. Tow truck driver shows up before the cops. This dude just shows up, and he's like, here's my card. And he starts locking, like, linking the car up. And I'm like, what the fuck? So all of a sudden, the cops show up. And the cops park on this street here. So I'm standing in the front yard, and then, like, I'm talking to the cops here. And the cops throw me in the back of the squad car. 
and they're talking to me, and they're like, hey, you have your insurance and all this other shit. I'm like, yeah, cool. So I give them all that stuff, and they're like, all right. So they run everything, everything comes back clean, I got insurance, all that shit's fine. And they are, are like, where do you live? <laughs> so I literally live right there. Like, that's uh, the Google Maps of my house. So, uh, no, because I had, I'm so fucking discombobulated by the airbag and the alcohol, I have no idea. All I see is where I'm facing. And the way I'm facing is like, all right, I know how to get home from here. <laughs> and what I did was, that's the house that I hit. So I drove, I feel gold that, it was a much bigger tree at the time, I'll get to that point in a second. But I feel gold that, and I landed in the front yard of that lady's home. The road close sign wasn't there, but it's, it should have been. I probably would have made it. So I jumped the curb and I landed in his front yard. And then, so when the cops are talking to me, they run everything like, all right, you're like, where do you live? So this is the route that I took them on. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> I had them go down Eastwood Avenue all the way up to another street. And I'm in the car telling these cops like, all right, make a right, make a left, make a right, make a left. And then like, and these cops are like, all right, where the fuck are you taking me? So I took them all the way around here. And then, uh, so when we finally pulled up to the house, like, again, <laughs> we park right there. As we're coming up the block, we can, I can see that house out of the front windshield of the cop car. So they're like, they, they stop right there. And they're like, uh, I'm like, all right, stop, officer. I live right here. And the cop looked at me. He's like, you mean to fucking tell me you took me all the way over there? And this is like, and then like, you can literally see the, the tow truck pulling the car out of these people's front yard. And I'm in the back seat, and I'm like, oh, man, I didn't know where I was. I'm sorry, bro. And I'm like, I put my fingers through the little gate in the, the back seat, and I'm patting the cop on the shoulder. This is where being like a light-skinned Latino comes into play, because I got white privilege like a motherfucker. Like, I was like, I'm touching cops. I'm like, hey, you're good, bro. Like, I'm drunk as fuck. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm patting him. And she's like, you're good. It's like, I'm like, you're good, bro. And then he's getting mad. He's like, you mean to fucking tell me you took me all the way to fuck around here? I was like, I didn't know where I was at. His partner starts, his partner's like a little, uh, I remember he was a Filipino dude, and he's just dying laughing. He's just like, and this is where I, I don't know, like, here's the thing about Chicago cops. Unless you kill somebody, unless you kill somebody or cause some real major damage on a, like a drunk driver, they don't give a fuck because it's three hours yeah. of paperwork, and they don't want to fill that shit out. So I might have been their first call of the shift or the last call of the shift, but whatever it was, they didn't want to deal with me. They were like, he's got insurance, this shit will handle it. I'm like, fine, all right, whatever. So they pull up and then like, I bring them all, you know, take them all that way and the cop's fucking yelling at me. I'm like, it's good, bro, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm patting him on the shoulder. And he's like, get the fuck out. I was like, all right, all right, I'll get the fuck out. But then I like, I open the door and like, I get halfway out and then I lean back in. I was like, hey man, I got a cheeseburger and fries in the front seat of that car. <laughs> Can I go get that? At this point, his partner is in tears, <laughs> facing the window like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm just dying laughing. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm good, bro. Like, oh, right. He's like, get the fuck out of my car. I'm like, what? Why are you going to be so hostile? Like, he's like, get the fuck out. I'm like, all right, fine, fine, fine. I get out, and then I walk back. In, I walk into the house like fucking Snoop Dogg at the end of the Gin and Juice video where he's just like stumbling and just like, and I get in the house, and I go down, and I, I go down in the room, 
And uh, I call all my friends up. I was like, hey, man, I hit a bush. The car's overreacting. The fucking air bob popped out. And they're all laughing at me like, ah, oh, there goes your $1,500. Like, I know, it's fucked up. Like, fucking car, I can't believe it overreacted like that. That was a small tree. And then, <laughs> it wasn't a small tree. It was a fucking full-grown. The photo was a small tree. Yeah, well, the photo, I didn't have cell phones at the time. So I thought it was a bush. I thought I hit the, like... Because, like, you know, the little bush right there in the thing. No, but behind the tree, there's, like, a bushes and uh, whatever the fuck. So I go back to sleep. I go to sleep, and then I, uh, I sit at the edge of the bed. I call all my friends, and I let them know, like, oh, man, I hit a bush, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. Right? <laughs> and they're just laughing at me, and they're like, all right, fine. And I fall asleep with uh, fully dressed, feet still on the ground, just laid out in the bed like that. And the next morning, I wake up like fucking Undertaker at WrestleMania. I just sat up, and I was like, something bad happened. <laughs> And I'm looking around, and I see an accident report, and I check my pockets, and I got my license, I got my insurance card, I got no tickets, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I get up, and I go look, and then, uh, remember, I, I live right there, so I'm just looking out the front window of my house like, to see what I did to this house, and there's a construction crew, or like a, a window crew, like, fill, like boarding up this lady's window, and then there's like, uh, so there's like tire tracks all through the front yard of this lady's house. So I was like, man, what the fuck did I do? You know, like, I didn't understand what was happening. And then the first thing I thought was, where's my car? Like, because some dude just showed up with a tow truck, gave me a card, and I had just seen a news report that tow truck people were showing up and stealing cars, and you'd never see them again. So I just started worrying, like, man, this is a fucking lease. I, I got to give it back at some point. <laughs> like, I didn't know the car was like, damaged as bad as I found out that it was. So I get on, like, I, I remember I went, and my stepdad was home, and I'm like, hey, man, something bad happened. He's like, what? And I show him the window. I'm like, come to the window. And I show him. He's like, what? You did that? He's like, yeah. And like, luckily, my mom was in Puerto Rico at the time. So I, we, I'm like, we concocted a story. Like, all right, this is what happened. I hit a patch of ice, and I kept driving. And he was like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, don't tell him you're drunk. I'm like, no, no, I'll never tell him I'm drunk. So then I start calling the tow truck company, trying to find out where my car is at. And there's like, there's no answer. I'm like, fuck, this shit's gone forever. And then finally, I see a little address on the card. So we went to go look at the, the car. We go to some random ass parking lot, and I'm like walking through, and I knew my car because I had put the city sticker on it, but it was like a little crooked. So like I just knew I could recognize the car immediately. So I'm walking up, and I see the sticker on the window, and then I see the entire bumper is in the front seat, of, like in the car, like just they just stashed it in there. And then I can also see that the front tire on the driver's side was peeled completely back. So I can see the, the calipers, the brake, all that other shit. I'm like, damn, what the fuck did I do? Then when I saw the tree that used to be there, but I fucked it up so bad with the car because I clipped it, I just tore off a big chunk of the base of the tree. Because I feel gold, the light post, and the tree that was there. I'm like, all right. So my stepdad was with me. He's like, that's your car? I was like, yeah. He's like, what the fuck did you do? He's like, were you, you were drunk, right? I was like, oh, I was really drunk. And then uh, so I get on the phone. I was like, all right, we got to handle this. So I call my insurance company. I'm like, hey, uh, I hit a bush. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, all right, did you get a ticket? And I was like, no. He's like, what'd you do? And I was like, well, I hit a patch of ice and I kept skidding through. <laughs> and I was like, there's no ice. And he's like, it hasn't snowed in fucking months. Like, what is <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like, it hasn't snowed in a long time. Like, I'm like, hey, whatever. But his kept question was like, did you get a ticket? I was like, no. He's like, you have no tickets. And I'm like, not at all. He's like, all right. So they went, the guy came through and he looked at the car. He's like, all right, we'll do a value. And he's like, we looked at the house. And then I remember getting a phone call. I was like, hey, uh, just in case this is what your insurance covers, 
anything over $250,000 of damage, you might want to get a lawyer <laughs> because shit's going to pop off like, oh, like, hopefully I didn't do that much damage. I just hit a bush, you know? Apparently, I kicked up one of those bricks that's in front of the house, and then I hit the window frame, and it kind of fucked up the window frame. And then, like, they had a board at this lady's house. And the insurance dude told me, he was like, hey, man, he's like, it was like an 80-year-old woman <laughs> that, like, she kind of got shocked because you just fucking ended up in her front yard. I was like, oh, my bad. Like, I, I'll never see her. She's going to die soon. So, because, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, she's a neighbor, but not that close. But, uh, so, <laughs> he gives me the estimate. He's like, hey, we're going to total out the car. He's like, that'll be it. He's like, we're just, and then I was like, all right, what does that mean? He's like, well... You owe fourteen thousand dollars on it. The car's worth eighteen. We'll cut you a check for four thousand. What? Minus your deductible, so you get thirty five hundred dollars. <laughs> and I got a check for thirty five hundred, so I made two thousand dollars. <laughs> so the moral of the story is, get yourself a Honda Accord, because them bitches hold their fucking value. My credit score jumped up sixty points because it looked like I paid off a car. <laughs> And then I got a, I went to Vegas off that money, and then I, I bought a new car, and here I am to tell the story. So that was it. <laughs> I'm sure I ran long, so I apologize for that. All right, we're back here in the Blackout Diaries. That was hilarious. Bobby Sanchez with one of those <laughs> rare, charming DUI stories that we have here <laughs> in the Blackout Diaries. <laughs> I avoided the DUI. That's the point. That's the, that I mean, is the point. Absolutely. Uh, and if there's a moral this well, story. Chicago, that's what I love about Chicago. It's a properly planned, grid-like city. So mm -hmm. your DUI stories are usually charming and not prosecuted. Yeah. The first drunk burned it down and like, you know what? We got to rebuild. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mrs. O'Leary. Yeah. We, we'll yeah. put on a grid and then like. Keep people honest. Yeah. This is fucking chaos with all these Irish coming here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> straight roads, <laughs> unambiguous numbers. Everything leads straight into the lake. This is fucking. <laughs> yeah, Chicago cops have always had that bigger fish to fry mentality, bigger, bigger oh, drunk it, fish to fry. And the you best thing I mean? is, it's even worse now. It's it's pure chaos out here now. Cops oh, have given I her. love the, and granted, I'm saying this as a, as a white guy. But I love, and like a lot of my drinking buddies are Irish hooligans as well, I love the amount of chances they'll give you to get off the hook when you're drinking and driving, yeah. you know? Like, as a Chicago cop, they're like, okay, how far are you going? Right. <laughs> it just goes to show you how much people hate paperwork. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, like, I would do anything to avoid doing paperwork. And we should note, this is within the city proper only. It's oh, no. This, exactly. The second you get outside anything oh, no. suburban or whatever, that, that's what their bread and butter. They it's all love it is paperwork. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they love paperwork. <laughs> yeah. That, see, I think this is it a turns good, them on, this is a good showing. <laughs> this is a good showing why a lot of Chicago cops did become cops for the right reasons mm -hmm. you know yeah. like they want to fight actual crime yeah. you, you know they want to have a sense of purpose suburban cops are like i i want to fuck you i'll take the rest of the night yeah. off you know and then the second one shows up he's like you need backup on that paperwork <laughs> 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 i love it too just, just pulls up with a filing cabinet <laughs> yeah in the <laughs> suburbs <laughs> in the suburbs if the second cop shows up you are going to jail like they are, right yep. yeah if you got if you get him out of bed 
it's it's also funny too like when you talk to somebody who got pulled over in the suburbs for a DUI it's like what, what did you do like uh you know they said I didn't signal quite soon enough for a left hand turn and then in the city they're like how'd you get pulled over like I didn't have headlights I was going the wrong way on a one way street and I, uh, my muffler was detached yeah. I, yeah my license plate didn't have quote unquote enough numbers on it it was it was written on a cardboard box that I duct taped onto the car your license plate is Amazon sir that's yeah. not, not valid <laughs> <laughs> Abed, what's the um have you had any funny stories from any of your buddies like when chicago cops have pulled them over and they've given them multiple chances to get off the hook and they've either talked themselves into a ticket or out of a ticket no see all my friends are basically suburbanites so they have just mm. horror stories of just like oh yeah you're, it, if they just smell it on you you're just going straight to jail <laughs> i do have a friend that was able to somehow get his dash cam video of him doing the sobriety test, like for whatever reason, his lawyer had it. So we used to watch it. Like it was the fucking, like a, a face of the death tape. Like yes. we were just like, Oh, this is awesome. This is right. watch, let's watch Rodney fucking fail this test and then complain. That he's in a bag. What a great way to just put a smile on everyone's face. Oh, you know, we, it was bored. It was great. Cause he's in the back seat, just yelling. I was like, you got no PC. You got no probable cause to search my car. I was like, oh, you're really drunk. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's like the number one probable cause when anytime the, anytime the suspect is just talking any legal terms, anything, anytime they say they know their rights and they start labeling constitutions and telling them the law, what they got PC probable right. cause. All right. Well, that's my my probable cause is right there. As soon as you say that, as soon as you're trying to throw terms out there at me, you got no quid pro quo, bro. Like what? <laughs> what are you talking? I about? had a buddy who uh, got pulled over in the suburbs, and it was one. CJ and I have talked about this before, but. When you drink in Chicago, and if you drive, you know, I, I the thing I love about Chicago is I never have to drive anywhere. I just take the, you know, the train or I cab it. But Pussy. if you do drink and drive in the city, you're you're practicing at a different level <laughs> than in the, when you go out to the suburb. We compare it to like when you're training for the Olympics at sea level versus up in the mountains. Yeah. Like the suburbs are the mountains. Much, <laughs> much more challenging. Yeah, it's very you know, difficult. That's Mexico oh. City in terms of running. The simulator, and, um, the simulator did not prepare me for this. For <laughs> checkpoints? What is going on out here? <laughs> Wait, so, so you're just I waiting actually, for this to happen? I actually had a cop park my car for me. And then, hilarious. Yeah, That's he's great. like, because I was facing the wrong way on a one way. Mm-hmm. And I was just, but I was dropping friends off and I was just going to like, you know, do the three point turn back sure. onto, I think it was Kedzie. Yeah, quick K and turn then, on Kedzie. Yeah, so he he drove past and he just saw, he's like, he thought it was a drug deal at first. And he's like, oh, you guys are just drunk. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry, I thought a, I thought a crime was occurring. My, my bad. <laughs> well, yeah, so he's like, he's like, can you stay at your friend's place? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I can go back up there. So he's like, all right, give me the keys. So he gives me, the, I give him the keys and my license and then he parks it, hands me the keys back. And then he just he's like, I'm like, what about my license? He's like, Well, I'm gonna mail it to you. And sure enough, like three days later, I got a my my, my license in the mail. I was like, these guys are nice, like unbelievable. That's awesome. That's so funny. I, I like what cops try, I like what cops try to yeah, mend relationships like that. You got any friends yeah. you can stay with? No, how, how about any exes? Did you burn did you burn all those bridges? You got, there's gotta be some girl that'll take you in for the night, right? Around here. You, yeah, I, I was maybe, just like, you know maybe what? try being nice this time to her, she'll let you in. 
I'm like, all cops aren't bastards. <laughs> like some yeah. of them are decent guys. Like, well, that certainly comes. Imagine from- pitching that to like a Naperville cop, though. Like, you know what, <laughs> officer? Right. Why don't you just park this for me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, back it off this church lawn, and then just get into the parking lot. We'll be fine. I'll order this. Um, but that that definitely comes through in the a- story. Oh, go ahead, Sean. I, I was just going to mention, uh, I think you'd like this story, Abby. I, I thought about it when you were mentioning you would always watch your buddy fail his test. Yeah. I had a friend who got pulled over in the suburbs. He'd just gone home for the weekend. It was like Thanksgiving weekend, gets pulled over, gets a DUI. And uh, he goes, his lawyer is like, well, let's ask for the tape. You know, and, and uh, my buddy's like, I don't know. I, you know, I think that, you know, I was pretty messed up. And he's like, you never know. You know, they might have made. You never uh, want to see game footage. Mistake. You yeah. never want to see game footage. It's, it's worse on film. <laughs> so the lawyer gets the tape and he calls my buddy and he goes, uh, it's pretty bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you're just drunk in 480p. And I guess my buddy, my buddy's so drunk he doesn't know they're cops. And he, mm. he keeps thinking they're prostitutes. And they're two female cops. <laughs> two female cops, So he's yeah. like, he's, he's persist- propositioning them over and over again, oh like while God. he's getting arrested. And you got to tell me you're cops, otherwise it's entrapment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, uh, yeah. otherwise I get my deposit back. <laughs> well, I love all the, uh, the dumb legal legal advice you get at you know i'm originally from ohio and mm-hmm. drinking and driving is ubiquitous there and you get like at, at closing time you get all these people that will tell you like this unsolicited advice about if you get pulled over and it's right. always like there's like in your head you're like there's no way that's true they'll be like oh well, and you know if if the cop didn't have his uh, lights on uh you can just leave <laughs> uh, yeah yeah sure you just take right off i never of the- bought the whole uh yeah if you ask them they, if they're a cop they have to tell you well, yeah, exactly. Even if that is true, even if that is a law, I, I bet it's a small fine if they don't have. If they, if they can be like, <laughs> they can lie to you, and you know, we'll 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 cover up that later, and then yeah. I'll, I'll pay a small fine. One of the, what were you going to say? It's not going to get you out of jail. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard was if you uh, suck on some pennies, mm-hmm. you will pass the yep. breathalyzer yes. test. <laughs> very common. Which, first of all, that'd and be mustard, hilarious. That that would apparently as well. that that wouldn't be suspicious that you have pennies in your mouth after <laughs> right. being pulled over. <laughs> But no, that does not work. I mean, right. I, I honestly believe that's the first sign of being drunk is you're putting loose change in your mouth. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're, totally. and you're, or like the guys, have you ever seen the guys that start like practicing saying the alphabet backwards before they get in the car or like they're, they're, they're prepping for the test? Yeah. Wow. wow. So I was, I was going to haul you in because you smell like rumplemints, but now it smells like rumplemints and pennies. And I think I'll have to let you go, I guess. That's, that's just a normal combination of people. Uh, I have no more probable cause. <laughs> Speaking of these cops, <laughs> I don't have PC. <laughs> Speaking of PCs and cops, let's get into the story that you just told. Hilarious story. How long ago was this, by the way? We should set that set that Oof. tone. Uh, two thousand. Uh, let's say six. Yeah, all right, good. So before yeah. before like Uber and all that stuff was a thing too. That during yeah. the dark days of getting home. Yeah, drunk. absolutely. There's yes. a very dark period. Yes. Before yeah. before the mothers announced shit because in the eighties, buses and taxis did not exist back in two thousand six. No, not at all. <laughs> Certainly not planning ahead existed during back the then. great transit strike of two thousand six. Walking definitely not an option, even though it's right. five minutes from my house. Definitely not an option to walk. It's always smarter to drive. Absolutely. Well, but that, isn't that isn't that the great danger of drinking and driving though that. You're making a decision about how to get home when you're drunk and everything sounds like a good idea, <laughs> yeah, right? So yeah. like, like risk risk assessment has gone out the window. 
Self-assessment has gone out the window, and now you're making the decision. <laughs> yeah. and Do you they, think you knew you were drunk when you when you did this? Oh, the minute I stepped outside my house, or not outside the bar, and I hit fresh air, I was yeah. I knew I was slapped. I, mean, I was yeah. done. When you're, when you're ordering a cheeseburger at Toots, you're drunk. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's, <laughs> there's no coming back from that as an argument right. that you were sober. And then I, the yeah, fact yeah. that I paid probably $30 for this cheeseburger because yeah. I just gave him a lot of money because I couldn't see the bills straight. <laughs> you, you figure it out later. I mean, that's good. Nah, you can't like, you know what? They're a, good people. They deserve it. Right. That's true. The service industry doesn't. Certainly Support not a cab. Certainly not a cab doesn't deserve this money. No. No. Because <laughs> go I was going to get home. I was I was positive I was going to make it home. Plus, you were just flushed with uh, flush with the new $1,500 uh, yeah, tax, tax return. Yeah. You're on I the love grid. The hole in your pocket. Spend, spend I love that the government money. I love that they make us feel that this is a bonus check and not the money they just took from us during our regular <laughs> weekly right. taxes. Like, oh, wait, I overpaid. You guys, <laughs> like, here, it's enjoy like the this money that's yours. Yeah, it's like that excitement you get when you find, like, your lost car keys or something you lost or the remote. Yeah, or yeah like the $20 <laughs> yeah. in an old coat. You're, You're like, yeah, yes, I'm, back, I'm, back to, I'm back yeah. to square one. I'm back to where <laughs> yeah. I started. Like, you're happy about the accomplishment you did of, of figuring out your own failure. Now, Abby, I can't remember in the story, because all of this happened, happened within a one block radius did you ever run into this neighbor post uh incident that's the number one question everyone has that comes from the story this old lady yeah. what happened here? Well, oh the old lady i never saw her they never saw her okay I, I didn't even know she existed at this point i just like the only person that i am i think um was there was a dude that actually called the cops okay the good and i've the, seen him uh, a couple of times but he never mentioned anything to me about the it guardian no angel yeah but the old lady, I don't think she ever came out of the house. She's probably terrified. <laughs> There's a fucking sure. a, a so, Honda Accord in her front yard. Who ordered the reconstruction of her lawn? It almost seems like a mob thing. Like, oh, we're going to set up a wheelchair ramp for you. You know, Listen, we're going we're gonna to cripple your legs, but we're going to set you up with a, a nice setup uh, there. Like The quickness of which it happened, mm -hmm. it felt very mafia-like. Right. Because it was just like, I woke up and they're already redoing, they're boarding up the window and redoing the yard. I was like... I didn't even call anybody yet. So you might have uncovered uncovered some kind of operation. Yeah, maybe this going was like an alderman's right? uh, mom and or something. Is, this is like Ed Burke's uh, mom. Yeah, or because like um, I always notice like our our block is always the first one to get plowed in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah. So like, so somebody it, with juice is on your yeah, block. Yeah. Somebody. To tell -tale th sign. There's somebody that lives over here, and that's like because my area is basically Chicago, and then. Right behind it is Harwood Heights, so it's mm -hmm. like we're on the very edge of that city, like of the city. So I, I know this is where the cops and all the men and all the people live, like because oh, they're wow. not living in their wards. That's just gross. Like, why would you? <laughs> why would you live in Lakeview when you can come out to Jefferson Park and have space? You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the so guardian, sure. yeah. So the guardian angel neighbor, then the one you I like, I like when you mm -hmm. put in your when he's like, I gotta call the cops. This looks bad. And I like. Oh, he he was great. And yeah, I was like, like, I got it. I yeah. mean, I, like, I got it, bro. I got it. He's like. All right. Like, I'm so I just I love the how begrudging it is. Like I don't want to involve them any more than you do. I've seen the guy a couple of times. I definitely know he partied. So he understood yeah. everything that was going on. Because he like, came out shirtless. <laughs> like, <right. laughs> he's 2 a.m. shirtless. Like, what's going on, guy? 
And I like you gave him, he gave you even a chance that you go, I got this arm around his shoulder. Then you just yeah. rev that Honda Accord in reverse, just spin the wheels just and uh, blowing a transmission. Yeah, right. it was great. Or as you as you put it, hilariously, the car was just overreacting. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how foreign cars yeah, do. Like, yeah, you just, know how they do. They just overreacted. So, yeah. Listen. We're all reacting fine, including the neighbors, the old lady. The only one who's overreacting is the car, your officer. The, the car was just, it was out of sorts. I don't know what Spitting was wrong with mud. it. I love, him, I love him giving you that chance, though, to do it. Car overreacts. Can't get out of there. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to bring in some, we need to bring in some kind of third party. I'm sorry. So you call the cops, and then you take, they take you, you take them for a ride. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I you just sit, I love how they didn't even like type in. This is before they even typed in addresses or just go, yep. whatever. Good old fashioned. The they looked at my ID. And they could see the address. The street said Mulligan, and I'm at the corner of Eastwood and Mulligan. Right. <laughs> so they're like, there was, they were just bad at math and paperwork because <laughs> they didn't want to do any of that shit. So just and like, you're the, yeah, and you're in the back seat. You're looking through the windshield. Looks like a, it looks like a TV. It looks like a video game anyway. Yeah. TV show you're watching. Like, oh, I recognize this. Make a left there. But the but, see, that's what the the beauty of being drunk is. Sometimes mm-hmm. is when you have the realization when you come through and you have those moments like, oh, I'm fucked up. This is wild. Yeah. And like. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. We're coming up the block and I can see the the house. And I'm like, oh, these cops are going to be pissed at me. <laughs> they, it's, they're it's so not going to be happy because, about uh, this. They say drunks are like little kids. You know, they're very similar, whatever. Our kids are like drunks. Yeah. And it reminded me of a story of when uh, I had a birthday party at McDonald's when I was a kid. And my dad brought all my friends home, but they only knew how to get home from school. Like, that's where the bus would take them. <laughs> so they would... They would take them, they drop them off the house, then go back to my dad would have to go back to the school, then go back down to go like three houses down. I'm like, what the fuck? We were just on the streets, and then go back and forth. So that's what you're doing. So I, I can't imagine that moment when you when the cops pulled up to the house next to the accident. And said, All right, we're here. Thank you, officer. Then well, that'll be a nice night. And you mind if I just grab that burger out of that car that's being towed, and we'll be to see you in the morning. Uh, it was it was exactly what it was. I, I pulled up. I was like, ah, oh, shit, we were right here <laughs> this whole time. I, I think that had to have played into a part of them not giving you a ticket or any of that stuff. Just be like, let's just get this behind us. This, yeah. I want. I never want to uh, see you again. I don't want any record of you. I don't want to be ever reminded no, of this shit. When, when I saw his partner laughing, I was like, I got him. You know, like when you're performing <laughs> yes. stand up yeah, and yeah, you yeah. just get that one old man or somebody to crack. Like, I got this fucking audience. That's exactly. What it was i saw that i saw him turn his face to laugh out the window and i was like i got him like they're not i'm a likable guy they're not gonna let they're not gonna take me to jail over this bullshit right you're you're killing it's just, a, there. It's just a house <laughs> yeah right <laughs> just an 80 year old lady's house it's just a house you're consoling them you're putting your fingers through the holes you said yeah, they're tapping them on the shoulders yeah. you know? so we're gonna get I'm through friendly. this together right all the, all the gestures are just really nice like hey man we're in this together, buddy. You want to so go home? Hilarious. I want to go home. Also, was that Bush replaced? That Bush was a big part of the story, if I recall. Well, the thing is, the bricks, so it was like a, they had decorative bricks. Okay. So I, I hit the bricks, and the Bush was fine. It's like Wrigley Field. It looks yeah. like it's nice gra- ivy, and like, but, but <laughs> yeah, behind yeah, that, yeah. when an outfielder goes into it, that's a brick wall there. Yeah. And you're, and and you're going to break your face. Yeah. It's not as soft is. as it looks. I made it to the bush, but I didn't affect the bush at all. The Virgin oh. Mary, the statue that was there, that was kind of tipped over, but she took the just, fall for everyone. Yeah, that's that was just her did. protecting me. Yeah, she, there she is doing her job again. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, in uh, the bloodline of going all this, you said it's, it's <laughs> you said it's in your blood. 
driving car, driving cars into houses as you were a passenger <laughs> when your dad drove a car into the house and you were yes uh, i was in, uh i was roughly like five years old okay and this is this is where i get mad at people when they say like oh kids today have it too easy mm. it's because yeah back in the day my brother was my car seat like <laughs> so <laughs> we needed an upgrade you know they, right. like, i was sitting on my brother's lap in the yes. front seat of a station wagon and he was just holding me and then we hit the house and then i was no longer sitting in my brother's lap <laughs> he wasn't holding tight enough no i was crumpled up on the dash <laughs> and you smashed yeah. it a windshield you told, i hit right? yeah i cracked the windshield with my head yes yeah. you spider web that That's, and people don't realize it, it's a lot easier to smack that windshield going outward like you can spider web that real quick yes. with, your, with your head yes. or whatever it is, and it is coming into it. Yeah, and it, it like I was surprised because I was only five, and I guess my my head did fully formed. Like, <laughs> but like you I said, that's what seat belts and car seats were back then. Siblings, you just had to yeah. strap <laughs> yeah. in, okay? Because we're, we're the whole for car was just projectiles. It was just projectiles yes. that would go loose. You <laughs> and know, it was one of those loose watermelons. One of those <laughs> just <laughs> a dude crossed the street with a pane of glass for no reason. Um, <laughs> It's just a, a yeah, food it's, like, cart. it's like what a boat tap sizes and all the everything <laughs> just comes crashing down. Do you remember what your dad was more upset about the car? Was he concerned about you kids going through the windows or anything? Because uh, I, I imagine it's a car if it's a dad in the seventies. Uh, I honestly I don't remember. Because I think he was just out of it as well. He no, was kind of like I imagine there's no, there's no way he had a seat behind. <laughs> but I just remember approaching the porch. And yeah. then being at home, like there's a, there's a big blank spot. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly. And, and, I, was, and I was young. So right. like that memory is, it's not a core. Uh, that part is a core memory. Everything else that happened after that. As I was saying, there you are 30 years later coming around to the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Next, you know, I'm at home. And that's what I'm telling the story. Exactly. <laughs> no repercussions. Like, all right. This is yeah, that was such a common thing back then that, that people don't really talk about is that, uh, like the six kids in a car all holding on to each other, flying out the windows. And like that, you had to balance it out like a small plane almost, like half the weight on one side, half the weight on the other. And that was it. <laughs> I didn't get a seatbelt until I was like <laughs> what a, 10 what a years great old. Gift that was. <laughs> we had a, uh, you know, I'm the oldest of six, and um, he bought a van that only had one bucket seat in the back, and then it had like two <laughs> co pilot chairs. Uh-huh. So it, it had uh, only seven seat belts because uh, it was uh, two, two, and then three. And we had, you know, eight family members. So it was yeah. missing one seat belt. And the salesman and my dad installed a seat belt on the lot. <laughs> I always wondered, like, like, what kind of coating that was up Does to. Does this go with seat belts? But yeah, the like salesman is like, because my mom was like, I'm not buying a car where we don't have enough seatbelts for everyone. And the salesman's like, no big deal. Uh, could I borrow your husband for 10 minutes? <laughs> was like, it just one of those like one? one of those ratchet straps they use on semis? Just like cranking it, <laughs> just like to hold the freight it was, down? It was like this seatbelt. It was like this one. It, it was kind of made out of like the same material. And then it just went from one side to the other. So it was like just like one long yeah. family belt on top of the three belts. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it would have done anything. That's funny. You know what? Seatbelt material hasn't changed. It's always the same. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's right. always been, it's been the same texture for the longest it time. Just, it's it, so it weird. absorbs all sweat and smell. <laughs> Smells <laughs> never <laughs> fucking leave it. <laughs> why why would we get rid of yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
no one hey like i need to get my seatbelt straps detailed on this one just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well off. Bobby, that was a great story and you came out on top pocketing thirty five hundred dollars with your deductible you i love any story that hey, cons an insurance company that gets it off <laughs> any any dads can get behind that where you make money Honestly, off, off the system um, I can't re-recommend Progressive enough. I know their their budget <laughs> yeah. their their budget is spent on flow commercials right now, Absolutely. but yeah. hey, they as long as you don't get a ticket, they don't give a fuck. For an A they plus rated up. insurance company, like, are you in the wrong? No, good. All right, we'll pay you. No, yeah. Good. I'm no a, ticket. I'm good. A, this is gonna be a good weekend for both of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm. A, I've been there so long. I'm like an emerald uh, customer. Oh. Like if I call in, I go straight to a customer service rep for like, all right, nice. what do you need? I'm like, I, I fucked with progressive heavy. Abby, tell our listeners real quickly how they can follow more of you. Uh, basically, just please follow me on Instagram, Abby Sanchez Comedy. Same thing on TikTok. Just get those followers up. Otherwise, we're, we're worthless as comics. And for Algorithm. our Chicago listeners, you uh, you also help run Pilsen Stand Up, right? Yeah, Pilsen Stand Up. We do it every third Wednesday at Simone's, uh, nine sixty West Eighteenth. Great show. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we've been going. I think we're like eight years strong now. It's only once a month, yeah. so it's very easy. But awesome. we've been going by eight yeah. years. It's strong. a fun show though, and Simone's is a cool bar. Yeah. All right. So perfect plug. Get those algorithms up. Algorithms, a new yeah. industry. <laughs> Gotta do it. Get those reels out. <laughs> you gotta look up for my comedy album, Algorithm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Thank you, Abby Sanchez, and we'll be back on the Blackout Diaries. And we're back at the visitors' locker room. Thank you again, Abby Sanchez, for coming in. CJ Sullivan, this is Sean Flannery. We're talking about DUIs. Yeah, we're the Blackout Diaries, by the way, Sean. Second time you've said the Visitor's Locker Room. I have no problem with the Visitor's Locker Room plugs. <laughs> that was our old show. Still lives and breathes and hearts and in the, in the, in the souls of many listeners. And It uh, does, it does. So it's never dead, so I, I like you keeping it relevant. But just to lessen the confusion for everyone out there, this is the Blackout Diaries. <laughs> And we were talking about DUI. <laughs> what a perfect way to do it. Just absolutely act drunk as we're talking about old drunk stories. Well, and it's funny because, you know, I, I live in Chicago. Uh, Abby's story took place in Chicago. Yep. You lived for years in Chicago. And I, I always tell visitors, you never want to drive in Chicago. You know, you don't want to deal with Chicago traffic. You're not from this area. You're not going to be able to handle the level of aggression. Like we're having a plague of highway shootings. You know, take the L. You, right. know, you don't have to worry about drinking. Oddly, though... This is the one city in America where if, if you are going to drive it, it almost makes more sense to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one city where they don't care about it. And yeah. It, it's all due and, to the cops. You know, I, like they, yeah. Abby hit that like Abby hit the head of, nail on the head there with like they, they told him that we they flat out don't want to do that paperwork. We have a, there's a, we have a lot of shit to deal with. Take that, you know, that's Jefferson Park shit. That's yeah. out there in the fucking, you know, wherever. Um I remember when I one of the times I first uh brought a car there when after my dad died, I brought his Lincoln out to there, and I had Jersey tags on it, and I made a left turn on a light. It wasn't a green arrow left only. I know it wasn't. I made sure I checked it out. But next thing you know, cop just pulls up next. So a lot of these Chicago cops, they're not even in squad cars. They're just in regular cars, but you pull up, and you yeah. know they're, but you know they're cops. You know, yeah, they got that, yeah. they have that industrial rearview mirror coming out, you know, with yeah. the side things, and it's just like, you just know. He goes, hey, buddy. He goes, just pull up. He goes, What's that sign say? But you made an illegal left turn. Like really? I thought it, I said, I, the sign said uh, left turn on green. You know, not not on green only. He goes oh, does it? 
Oh, well. Anyway, point is, watch with the Jersey tags, pal. Like, he just wanted to say that. I'm like, oh, I don't know what that thing, you know. Blah, blah. And he looks at me, all right. Well, that does, well, you turns don't happen in my city, okay? <laughs> I'm like, all right, sorry, officer. All right, we'll get that done. And then he just peels off. I'm like, was that a cop? Was that just a concerned extra haggard? But like you said, the Chicago cops are just want to be ambassadors for the city. They we do. Don't want anything they clean. always call it my town, which is yep, hilarious. Like exactly. they're about to start in on a Frank Sinatra verse or something like that. I, right. I used to work by the merchandise mart. I used to work in the merchandise mart. And, uh, you know, for three years, they were filming, like, that Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy yeah. in Chicago. Underneath Wacker, the whole thing. Right? Yeah, all, like, right by the merchandise market. And there's this one scene where Bruce Wayne, as Bruce Wayne, like, saves somebody in his Lamborghini. Like, a, like there's a car crash. And they filmed it right by the mart underneath the brown line tracks. Mm-hmm. And uh, this bride, like, they're in a wedding trolley. And they got to get, like... They got to pass well, so that's Wells Avenue is what they're filming this on, and they yes. got to get across Wells for the for, for the photo. And uh, this is actually, I, I, it was Brendan McGowan who was telling me about this. We were having drinks, and uh, he sees the trolley gets stopped by like the crew because they're filming. I mean, this is like a multi million dollar you know operation. Yeah, right, sure. Know? Like the sun's got to be <laughs> in the right spot and everything. And the Bus driver's like, I got to get to that other side. Yeah. You know, like this is it's got to happen, right? <laughs> this, is, this cop just walking by, and he goes, "What? No one shuts down a wedding in my town." <laughs> he makes them part the fucking film That's set and let this trolley through. Probably cost Warner Brothers fifteen. It's probably why they didn't film the new Batman in Chicago. Mm, yeah, like, right. You know how much too many assholes. Cops? <laughs> yeah. The- Cost us. They need the money for permits. Trust me, they're broke, but they're fucking assholes, and we are not looked upon kindly. That's like, wait, wait, who said you couldn't do this? <laughs> Whoa, I got with the Warner Brothers for, for yeah, yeah, cops of. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you this one. This was in Chicago. This was when I was in high school in Jersey, and um, we pulled. I went. I think we were at the party. It was like, you know, a house party. We went to a Seven Eleven, and when we came back, when we came back, it was I was driving. And there was like a bunch of us in the car, and the party was broken up. There was cops outside, like oh shit, like but it was in a court, so I couldn't like once we got in, I couldn't just keep on going. Whoop, let's just keep on driving, you know. I was already trapped in the court in the court, but we parked a couple of houses down because like we couldn't go down there and circle back around, you know. So we get in the car, <laughs> we get in the car, like all right, everyone in the back seat. We all hop in the back seat, you know, and fucking thinking we're being slick, you know. And we're and we're, act- we're, all, we're all actually just four of us acting like we're sleeping in the back seat of this car. And next you know, yep, four eighteen year old, yep, seventeen year old, eighteen kids just going snoot- through a short streak of homelessness here, officer, <laughs> trying to make do as best we can. Right, and this club is Sunday. So next you know, there's a fucking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next, there's a flashlight right through all the windows, and you see everybody's like, I, "I just saw you assholes pull up here and jump in the back seat. You might as well get out of here, get up." You know, like, all right, all right. So we fucking we get out of the car, and um, <laughs> you know, he lines us all up, and uh, we're you know we're, we're underage, we're drinking, and um, I had an FOP sticker in the back of my car. I remember, a guy, my buddy's dad gave it to me. It was a federal relation. Uh, Federal order, order of police. Federal yeah. order of police. Yeah. And like we put, like, put this in your back for your mirror, but never tell anyone who gave it to you, you know. And, and like uh so it's it was always in the corner of my uh, car and the cop goes, All right, where'd you get that? You know, who's who, who's a cop in your sticker? He's like, What? What are you talking about? He goes, That sticker right there says says there's a you know, says you're a cop. 
yeah, uh, officer, I'm, I'm not a police officer. Because I know you're not a fucking police officer. He got so mad. He goes, who is the cop? No, I, I'm not the cop, officer. I know you're not the cop. Instead, <laughs> I became just a stare down. Of, who, who, who is that? Who gave you? Who, I'm like, I, I, I can't tell you that. I was told not to tell you. Don't fuck with me. I want to put you all in jail. Who is? Who, who gave you that? You know, that second? I, I can't tell. He, he told me not to tell you, not to tell anyone ever. We'll handle this later. And like, it was literally just a stare down. All right, get the fuck out of here. It's like after like five minutes, like it was almost like a, like a bluff situation. It's like, yeah, you probably it's probably not worth it no matter who the fuck it is. Well, that's but, hilarious. Yeah, the best was telling him like, yeah, I, 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 no, I'm not a cop officer. Yeah, I know you're not a cop. I just saw you, you were 17. I just saw you jump into the back seat, running <laughs> and hiding, and trying to hide underneath in a fucking truck that doesn't exist. Oh. Man, well, it's always funny, you know, like one of the reasons I moved to Chicago, I didn't realize that the the cops, you know, almost implicitly condone it here. But I I moved so I could get away from the car so I wouldn't be shackled to driving around these rural Ohio cities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I always thought, like, have you ever thought about just how dangerous looking it is that every bar like in Ohio, Wisconsin, like the parking lot is four times bigger than the bar. It's I mean, like, crazy. It is at an cr- architectural level. We know everyone's driving drunk. Right. No. Right. There's just no other choice. The way to have it set up. It is amazing. Yeah. We're like, like all these, like, like not just suburbs, like all these areas. Like you have to drive home. It's just the way it's. It's just the way it's like understood. You have to and. So, like, some of my buddies that stayed home, like, they just had multiple DUIs in their 20s. But, like, a ridiculously <laughs> right. high number, like, four, five, like, you know, like the way Tom Brady collects Super Bowl wins or something <laughs> like that. Like, there's no way he has more left in the tank. You know, one more he gets at age 37. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would always ask, like, man, how do you get, like, you'd think there'd be some sort of adjustment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, how do you get, like, a fifth DUI? And I always love, they always have the same explanation for how they got DUI one through seven. It's always like, oh, dude. They call me on some bullshit. Yeah, call me on some bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> Fell asleep at a red light for two hours. You know, <laughs> it's all money making scheme. Nap it off. Yeah, they actually, they actually, it's like it's parking tickets. Like it's just a scam, so the city can make money. <laughs> Sobriety checkpoints. <laughs> oh, there's not real crimes going on. We got to yeah. have the whole fucking. Uh, it's like you blew a you blew a two point eight. All right, yeah. I think that's a real crime. <laughs> you, you are you are in charge of a five thousand pound vehicle, like like with almost no faculties. Like that's a real crime. Right. I think they do have they do have fun with that blood alcohol level thing with those breathalyzer. Because you were saying before, like the city, like city cops don't even, they don't have those breathalyzer machines in their trunk. They have shotguns in their trunks. You know these yeah. guys have <laughs> suburb cops. They have the whole setup. Step on. Oh up yeah, it's like a crime lab. <laughs> Hook this up. What do you want? I, I could get. I could do a blood sample. I could do yeah. a breathalyzer. <laughs> I, you know, I could do anything here. I could drug test you. <laughs> and when they see a high number like that, I actually know someone who just got one who like around it was around like a two six or something, and uh, not just got one, but had you know within the last ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then the cops were like. Uh, and the, and the cops like Jesus, and they pull, they calling people over, like like calling a like Al, take a look at this. Like, oh, can you even tell this guy? Like, I can't even tell you're drunk. You're pulling a two six. Like, that's not good. It's like, hey, you, got, like you put a lot, you, you put that, the work uh, in. That, that Tigers pitcher, uh, Larry Sornison. Yes, blew right. speaking a, of his uh, locker room. That was an he old blew story. a four point eight, four point <laughs> eight at age fifty two. 
and they made like like the cops told everyone. Yeah, yeah, they they made an announcement like they were announcing the lottery winner, or something <laughs> like that. Well, isn't there a term for that? They yeah, they, and, and so they then the person from the hospital that where he like go they took him to a hospital, like, yeah, because he was diagnosed with alcohol poisoning, and the doctor, Doctor James Lockenberger, okay, says, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> Which you don't want your doctor to say. Right. <laughs> wow. Press conference. First. <laughs> that's what we call an LD50. <laughs> A level that's above the lethal, lethal dose for 50% of the population. Oh, my God. An LD50. <laughs> like, LD like, like, like bringing doctors in. We got an oh. LD50 in here. Oh. Oh, you got to see this LD50. Yeah, it's like a bell they ring, like when bartenders get tips, you know, like ring a fucking bell. Though. We, maybe, maybe we got a 4.1, like you said, like, like they landed like a like a huge carp. Yeah, like a 70-pound carp or something. <laughs> just got to tell everyone. Well, let's well get I into, wonder. Yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, CJ. Well, I was just going to lead you into it and your whole theories about the UIs, and uh, you have interesting takes on it for sure and how it's as, the social construct of bad city planning, and I said the history of the DUIs. Yes, and uh, I want to find it here because because it's actually kind of a late thing in human where it became a thing. Because it was not that it was legal in the seventies and eighties, but it was definitely like, all right, let's just let's just fix these shrubs and get you get you home, you know, get you home before I'll drive you home. Cops would drive people home and shit. The first ever DUI uh, happened in London, and it was in a Mercedes Benz, which I think would be a great. Um, a great ad for Mercedes Benz when they come out with like a self driving car, yeah, that can get you home. Like, sort of, hey, we opened up the book on DUIs and now we're closing them. But let me tell you this story. Go ahead, that'd be, that'd be one direction for Mercedes to take their brand they, that they've already established a one of class in essence. But then, like, yeah, hey, don't forget, we used to scum it up too. <laughs> so, in January of 1897, the right. Daimler Motor Company. Began selling cars in London, and a few months later, George Smith, a 25-year-old taxi driver, was fined 25 shillings for drunkenly driving into a building, and it was the first DUI in recorded history. And CJ, that's what you I'm had. To, that's what you had to get a DUI back then. You had to go yes. through an entire building. Like you had to be. You had to bring a car where it was just not meant to be. I think you had to do that, and then I think you had to talk. Lip to the cops, like to even get it. Like, like I <laughs> right. think this to building get a DUI was ugly anyway. In, London, yeah. in the 19th century, in London, I mean, these are people that have five bitters for lunch and then like ride a horse. Right, or right. I mean, the whole town is <laughs> right. functional alcohol, not even functional alcoholics. You know, mm-hmm. like everyone's dead at 35. <laughs> so I think like the cops actually showed up and they're like, well, 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 what do we have here? Yeah. And this guy's like, shut, shut the fuck up, cops. <laughs> this iron wagon costs more than you make in a lifetime. Yeah, like, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're going to make up a law on the spot just to put you away because we don't fucking like your lip. <laughs> and then the first American uh, state, I think New Jersey, actually, your home state, was yep. the first state to um, have DUI laws. I think it was in 19, I want to say it was in uh, 1928. But I want to, this is what I really want to get to you is what the blood alcohol content was. When New Jersey first passed it, growing up, I remember always being 0.10, and now it's coming. 0.1 when we were kids. All right, so right. it was 1906. Actually, New Jersey was the first state to make drinking and driving illegal, and it was, a, it was an extremely expensive violation. It was equivalent to twenty five thousand dollars in today's money. Yeah, if you got caught, which is uh, well, it's pretty kinda crazy. Kind of close to what you get right now if you get a DUI. DUI is a 
The oh, UIs will set you. No, it's not that expensive, but it'll set you back. We'll just say it, that. Yeah. With all the uh, loopholes. But they didn't, you know, there was like no way to uh, measure how drunk you were, like through instruments right. back then. Yeah, there's no none of that. <laughs> so they had to rely upon like eyewitness testimony. Like they'd have to be like bar <laughs> patrons, like recalling how many whiskeys or like, or then the police oh, would do like these man. anecdotal tests where you would have to do like tongue twisters and so on. You sure, know? yeah. Like the old, it used to be the alphabet, whatever backwards, but like I, I imagine you're getting, getting eyewitness reports on how drunk it is. That, how, God damn, I wish it could be like that again. <laughs> That's how you'll get people to protect Oh, uh, no, each officer. Other. He was drunk. He said Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback yeah. in the NFL. <laughs> you know how drunk this asshole man. was? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy. Or it's the opposite. Didn't see any effects, officer. <laughs> you know, He's making a lot of sense. He's making a lot of sense. Tell you what. <laughs> I didn't agree with this uh, argument, but he, but, you know, but he defended it. And I, and I agree with that. I agree with the man's defense. And so. As long as he uh, argued, as long as he argued into it, but and then if you would bribe him, because there would be no snitches, but then then I like the cops would have to offer, all right, free drink reward for anyone who could tell me. Oh, geez, this guy, yeah, this guy was out exactly. Free card, seven, you know, ten thousand dollar reward. The blood and alcohol level, yeah. When did that come into play? So the, the blood alcohol level didn't come into play until. The breathalyzer was invented, which was invented by a chemist at Indiana University, Dr. Rolla Hager. And uh, this is kind of funny, actually. Guess what his name for it? We, we assume that he what he invented was called the breathalyzer. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. He called the first iteration the Drunkometer, <laughs> which is a, a great name. Yeah, I always like when they're at a bar. Right, when they have them like at a bar, and it's supposed to be like to warn you from driving. Remember those things? Yeah. It's kind of like like <laughs> like they get a toy or whatever, like a condom machine next to the condom machines, like a bluff. Yeah, and you blow, and you blow into the straw, and everyone cheers like, whoa, we got a three five. Like, it's kind of like a straw, like that strongman thing when you hit it when it goes in the bell, and it goes up to hit the bell, whatever. Like, you try uh-huh. to blow into the straws, like the drunko meter. <laughs> well, and I think I I can't remember. What the uh, the blood alcohol uh, level was when they first introduced it? Oh wait, um, here it is: point one five point, which is pretty huge. Like that's I pretty much cal- yeah. They've cut that in half now, basically. They've cut that in half. Like because I once calculated that a point one five in my weight, I could have seven to eight whiskeys mm-hmm. and legally drive, which is insane. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Like they say that, like at point one five, like your vision is actually starting to fail. Like not even just like like <laughs> right. your reaction. Not times. even coordination, like, right, or, or any faculties like that. That is funny because they wanted to ease into it because a lot of people would always complain about the number. That number, come on, that number is for a woman or something. That's way yeah. too low, like or way too high, or whatever. I'm a better driver when I have a few beers in. Dang. Always fun those first times when you say, I drive better drunk, officer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it might be the one time you obey street up. laws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's, there's no way it improves your actual ability uh, to dr- drive drunk. That's um, so I remember 0. .10 and now it's 0. .08 or whatever. But they try to, uh, it's not, not that it's going away. And obviously it's a great thing. It has to go away. But um, now, with well, Uber, it is getting better, though. You're, you're right because. You know, um, you know, Lyft and uh, Uber are right. greatly changing it. Um, yes, changing changing the game as they will. 
Um, because I, I I was I was just up in Canada. They have a service you call where they they send two guys. They'll come pick you up and drive your car home, which is hilarious because those are just people in denial. Like, well, I'll just have a few and I'll be fine. Like, just get the Uber to begin with. It'll save you. It'll mm-hmm. save you money. And I got, but I mean, it's easy for us to say. But like in certain areas of the country, you know, Uber is not as you know uh, available as it is in in, uh, in cities. But it definitely made it easier. I I don't I don't I don't. It is great for shutting down DUIs. It shuts down a lot of other industries, as you as you were saying, collisions and uh, DUI lawyers. Shady DUI lawyers, I don't know where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Like those people that would have commercials, like, don't blow, just call Joe. You know, <laughs> Joe Reticula. <laughs> Canton, Ohio's best DUI lawyer. Yeah, we got, a guy, we got a guy. Exactly. There's a guy out here, Jacob. Because no one looks good in handcuffs unless you're into that. Unless you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> like they would start trying to make it like dirty, whatever. <laughs> so a driverless uh, society is where we're go- we're getting to with cars, and that's what they want. And you were saying um, the people behind that funding the uh, background actually, because it's within probably the next. I mean, I want to say ten years. A lot of people are. Fighting it, they don't. They don't. I like how people don't trust in driverless cars, like the Tesla. Like I trust. It's that amazing. A, I trust that a lot more than not than than me and you driving around. Yeah, and I always love. <laughs> what are you talking about? Or I'll get like some of these people that feel like this is an even more intelligent argument. Where they're like, <laughs> "Okay, answer me this. Say my car is uh, the brakes have failed, mm-hmm. and I'm careening towards a kid." And an elderly person. <laughs> what obstacle? Uh, what's a what self-driving? Obstacle, right. What obstacle course are you driving on, by the way? Right. What? <laughs> what obstacle course are you on, by the way? What, yeah. Like you know, like a <laughs> cop training kit. Like what for an elderly crossing the street, then a kid, then a dog, and a wheel. What's what's it going to choose between? Well, the car's smart. It'll take out the elderly. Come on, it knows. Well, then it's like, well, what do you? What would you choose? Right. I don't know. <laughs> why, why are you putting this onus on the robot yeah, exactly. to make a choice that you wouldn't hold a human responsible for either? Yeah, I'd take, him, I'd take out both in that situation. I'd go back for the other one because you don't want the other one to witness that kind of situation. So You don't yeah, want to, tra- like, uh, you don't want to the traumatize alcohol- the kid with it. You don't want to, and, and the, woman, the old lady's probably going to die on the spot if she sees a kid get hit. So. Um. But the alcohol industry is uh, highly funding self-driving cars, Mm -hmm. and that is because a 2017 study by Morgan Stanley estimated that self-driving vehicles would lead to an additional $100 billion in alcohol sales a year if current drivers just had one more beer a week, CJ. That's it? They would get $100 billion if people in, like, L.A., only drink one more beer a week with self-driving cars. And you and I both, knowing yes. drunks, know it's going to be a hell of a lot more than one beer a week. Right, of course. That's a, that's a very safe estimate. <laughs> <laughs> the water industry will also go down. I saw that last night, too. St. Patrick's Day was last night as we were, as we were recording. And like, one more drink, yeah, and, and the water, because I do have to drive. Make sure I get a water to, <laughs> to, to balance it out. That's so that helps with driving. <laughs> it's so I do funny. have to drive so much yeah. water. <laughs> They they looked out upon you with the water, and then penny to suck on those old rules. Um, <laughs> but that's great. So what did, did Uber, Uber kind of fell in back, ass backwards in the, uh, helping the DUI situation? This was not their game plan, right? To, like, yeah, I mean, they, they just like stumbled in. There's, uh, there you know, tech. They were like, listen, whatever. we want to get rich people to the airport <laughs> right. for a boatload of money. 
All right. All right. And now I'm like, oh, this, we're actually a good thing? When that's because, I, you know, I've worked in dot-com environments, and they don't have a lot of people like us. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. They have successful, focused people mm-hmm. that don't have debilitating vices. So they're like, oh, well, think of all the uses for this. Uh, all the VIPs. Right. Uh, you know, who don't, you, you know, they don't, like, schedule limo service is a hassle. You often, you can't, you don't know your driver. You can't rate them. But then if they had, like, a guy like Sal, you know, in the warehouse in these meetings, he's like, you know, the other thing you could do, you could get pretty shit house <laughs> And not think about it. Just fall into a, have a car come to you. You know, in your home, you wake up the next day with the receipt and you deal with it. That's why I love when people wanted to boycott Uber because they, they do have horrible hiring practices, obviously. And they mm-hmm. took no responsibility for it. Like, hey, what can we do? Like, I don't know. They're not an employee? Yeah. We're just sharing information. Right, we're just making relationships between two total strangers. <laughs> just try to we get, don't know who these people are. Have people meet each other. People meet each other all the time in this world. Are we going to be held responsible for meetings? Right. <laughs> So like boycott, yeah, boycott. <laughs> the DUIs went up a thousand percent that weekend. But we yeah, you're right. Like people are are upset about their practices, which which you should be. But like on whole, in some ways, they're doing a lot of good. Now you can maybe complain that like they do need more oversight, which they do. Right. But, I mean, like they're reducing. I think it was like in 2019, there wasn't a single DUI arrest on New Year's Eve in San Francisco, in the city of San Francisco. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's it's uh, a huge effect. Yeah, and then and they love, they love quadrupling the rates. But this is how drunk I like. I do feel like a little guilt sometimes. Like I only take Lyft or Uber when I'm drunk. Like right. if I'm not planning to drink, I'll drive. You know, sure. Or, yeah, of course. Know, take, yeah, it's one of the perks. But I would say seventy percent of my Lyft ride home ended me the next day yesterday reporting my wallet or keys are in the car and then i would say of that 70 percent 99 percent of the time i've just put them some crazy place in the house right of course remember, so you know? always blame it in the car god damn i bet i left it in that room yeah. <laughs> it is funny when they do the check now make because some, some some of those drivers are good with that they're like now make sure you check mech phone yep. if they just know you're drunk back there or something yeah, check I'm, everything sure they can smell it they can Phones. everything you know <laughs> You had an uh, interesting thing in your book, which you should get, by the way, as we wrap up this show here, uh, Sean Flannery's book, um, Places You Can't Return To. Um, at Chicago, speaking of cabs and Ubers, they were mm-hmm. the first ones to install the $50 vomit fee. To- oh, yes, that's true. That was in 2008. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, like, 2008 gas prices were actually higher than they are right now. Like, right. as we record this podcast, like, Chicago is almost $5 a gallon, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, well, it's like um, six. Uh, 22 here and uh they were actually higher in 2008 inflation adjusted i believe but anyhow so the taxi industry this is before lyft and uber this is old school taxis yeah and they needed a fuel increase or they wanted a revenue increase to offset the fuel increase and uh, mayor daly vetoed it he's like absolutely not yeah we uh (laughs) you know housing crisis is ongoing with chicago drivers can't afford that what i will do though uh, as an olive branch that i will extend to you i will institute a 50 dollar fee mandatory fee for puking in a cab <laughs> that's like, it's your revenue immediately up yeah and this is the only city of the world where like a major transportation industry could ask for a quarter increase in revenue <laughs> and the mayor responds with like uh, don't 
don't you think you'd make more money with the puke fee? <laughs> and they're like, it might be right, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter if you need to use that for cleaning anyway. They puke, you charge them. That's it. That's all right. It's under the contract. <laughs> but, you know, the, the best part of that was like, so uh, I remember like getting the Tribune the next day and they called up like these other cities because we were the first city to, to institute that fee. Yep. And they called up Boston, and bought the, I'll never forget the Boston Police Commissioner's response. They're like, do you guys have a puke fee? He goes, no. Uh, to my knowledge, it is free to puke in a cab here in the city of Boston. <laughs> like, you'd be ashamed to waste these great local prices. <laughs> Check the books. We have been giving away money, haven't we? <laughs> All these people throwing up. Anyway, that's going to do it for the Blackout Thursday. Don't forget to check out the live show if you're in Chicago every Friday night at the Lincoln Lodge with Sean Flannery. Get his book as well. You can follow him or whatever. You can follow me on Instagram at CJ Sullivan was taken and all those things. All the plugs that we were supposed to do up top, but you refuse because you don't believe any of it matters, which you're right in a, re- in a philosophical stance, philosophical stance. But who knows with that? Uh, but do make sure, if you did like the podcast, this part I am serious about, uh, like and subscribe, please. CJ and I will be back next week with another episode. Smush and like. All right. Come aboard the Blackout Diaries. Come on in and grab a drink of the Blackout Diaries. Welcome aboard the Blackout Diaries. Come on in and grab a drink of the Blackout Diaries. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.